welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves. One week down, one to go. Our little break continues again this week, but don't fret. Not only will ATB be back next week with a brand new episode, we're turning the whole show upside down. Major news in the land of ATB coming your way very soon. Trust us, you do not want to miss next week's episode. Exciting times ahead for After the Bell. But today, just like last week, we're going to take it old school. We're going to throw it back to two more of my favorite moments from 2022. And I want to start with Cody Rhodes. Cody made his After the Bell debut on our April 29th episode, just weeks after his shocking return to WWE at WrestleMania. Now that night, Cody shocked the whole world, tore the house down with Seth Rollins, and spoke very candidly with us about what that day meant to him, his father Dusty Rhodes, and so much more. Take a listen. When I left initially and did the uh, the big independent run, now I had never uh, I'd never really been to the independents outside of a few here and there with my taking my dad and, and watching him. When I did the big independent run, which was a full two years before it was a little bit of a commitment to Ring of Honor after that, and then obviously it would segue into uh, AEW. But what really happened and what I learned was. At WWE, I just felt like I was on, I was spoiled. I started right in front of thousands and thousands of people. And the, you know, the lights are down and the spotlights on the ring and it's WWE, the place is going nuts. You, I felt like I perhaps took it for granted. Going to the independents, even with the large crowds at independents, because independents at the time were booming and they're doing well again right now, you did get the opportunity to do these meet and greets. That's a big part of independent wrestling, the meet and greet. To me, it was the match was almost secondary. I wanted to meet every fan. Um, that's why I started wearing the student tie everywhere I went. It became a second nature to me. I wanted to meet them. I never felt like I fully crossed the aisle. I never felt like I really met all these fans over the years because you see the power of television when you when you travel all around and do that that loop like I did. But that's also where I developed what I would call a bad habit and a habit that a lot of people disagree with, I will stay out there until I meet every single fan, until I take every single picture, until I sign every autograph. And it's not like a Barry Horowitz type pat on the back situation in this moment. It's it's because that's what brought me to the dance, if that makes any sense. I, I left the Stardust and part of becoming the American nightmare and really building this whole brand and the logo and every aspect of it and the nightmare family and the nightmare factory and all this stuff, that was really genuinely connecting with a fan base, not just taking it for granted that people will like me or dislike me, boo me in a match, cheer me in a match, but actually connect with them. And that was the number one thing I got out of all of it, out of the whole run was I have to, I know some wrestlers all, you know, stay Less is more, of course, and stay high up in the ring, you know, let them revere you and see you. That's that's just for some people, not for me. What's worked for me is to get on the ground and actually make contact with everybody uh, that I can. That was the most important thing I got. I got to wrestle everybody who was on that list, minus Roderick Strong, who works at NXT. So that could happen. Still um, not off the table. Yeah, still not off the table. So, yeah, that was the number one thing I got was the ability. And there are a lot of people who I have to explain it to. I met WWE security for the first time while doing this. And I told them, I said, if you don't take me out of here, I will be here until the lights 
the house lights come up. You, you, you guys, you, I'm at your, you do your thing. Billy Kidman, poor guy, running gorilla position and has to say to the very end, oh, I hope we have a good relationship and maybe I can like pay him some tribute of some sort, some Sour Patch Kids or something from time to time. Because <laughs> the same thing, if you put me out there last, it's going to happen. If you put there, put me out there before an admission, it's going to happen. Everyone's been very accommodating of it so far because that's just what I do. I don't, I don't remember what you asked, Corey. I don't know where I've gone with this answer. <laughs> I'm so sorry. We're all taking the journey together. I'm with you. Yeah, right? This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. You talk about the fans. I, I had an opportunity to work with you at WrestleMania Access, uh, a panel exclusively for fans after your return on it was yeah. WrestleMania Sunday. And before we started this, he goes, Vic, where'd you go after the panel? I said, Cody, you were out there talking to the fans. I knew there was no way you were getting out of there by 4 a.m. It was already 2 a.m. I had to go to bed. And, and that's just the type of guy, Cody, that you are. And you're very open and honest in that session. There's one thing that didn't get asked to you at WrestleMania Access because we ran out of time. And it's over that six years away. What was your biggest takeaway personally and professionally that you now adapt to who Cody Rhodes is right now in 2022? I was uh, wrestling a, a match against Chris Hero. And uh, I, have a, I have a lot of respect for Chris Hero and what he's done. And uh, I, he had a lot of respect for me and it was just good, good synergy. But I was, uh, he could see me thinking, I, he could see me pacing and thinking about what we were about to do or what was happening later that night. And I don't, I'll never forget. Uh, we were in the small, small church actually. And, uh, he pulled me aside and said, have no doubt. And I'll, I'll never forget it. He said, have no doubt about what we're going to do, what you're going to do next and what happens out there. Because if you have any doubt, they'll smell it. They'll see it. Because he knew I was entering a world where the, the wrestling was different, the style was different, and there would be moments that probably were would contradict how I was brought up in the industry or contradict the old rules uh, of pro wrestling and the sport. But that was part of diving into that pool is I'm not just I've got to swim with these new folks uh, and I might have to swim their way a little bit. And that was that moment with Chris Hero was very, very helpful 
because there was a million matches I did on the independence or at ROH or I did with, uh, you know, guys like the Bucks and New Japan and stuff. There were a million matches that weren't exactly how I would have done it. But that's the beauty of what we do is learning. Um, I wanted to say that when I did the Miz TV segment, where have I been for six years? I've been out in the wilderness, man, doing doing this in a way that people really do like it. It's different. It's different. But I have to bring that with me. I can't just discard that. Uh, all these different psychologies, all these different outlooks and, and fun uh, that's involved with what we do. I really just want fun. Um, it's supposed to be fun for the fans. There's enough and plenty of times it gets serious and melancholy. And I have that all the time. I'm crying out there left and right. But the, the, you know, there should always be pieces on that show that are just really fun. And that was a, a big part of those six years was psychological differences. Uh, how you put a match together, how you run a high spot, the type of crazy stuff that you would save if you perhaps were somewhere else. Well, save nothing was one thing I learned. You know, if there's a stage, we're going to dive off it, whatever it may be. Just that was very helpful to me. And, and I got to learn from that. OK, some of this is right. And some of this is wrong, um, but I can channel it into what makes me me because I'm a heavyweight wrestler. Um, but I like to I like to get in there and, and, and pretty much adapt to the style of the individual I'm working. If that's a, a Seth Rollins, adapt to that style. Kevin Owens, adapt to that style. I like being someone who's able to do it all. And that was something that Arn Anderson uh, in the last few years was also really helpful with me. Like he let me play other people's games. And I thought that was special. When it comes to wrestling fandom, it's not one size fits all. There are different styles. There are different companies all over the globe. Have you experienced any sort of negativity in this day and age of sort of tribalism? It, it even it supersedes pro wrestling. It's it's sort of society as a whole. Everything's pick a side. Uh, since you've come back, have you had to deal with any sort of negativity, or has it been sort of unanimously uh, positive? It initially was unanimously uh, positive, but. We tribalism is how it's pronounced, right? I believe so. I don't know what I was saying. I'm glad I've never used it out loud. <laughs> You're technically asking the the two guys. You probably shouldn't ask how to pronounce things. I mean, we really don't. But it's it's okay, but I I feel like that fan base, that divide that exists amongst all the different bubbles, I like to call them. Uh, if there was any negativity, well, well, I can put some of the blame on my shoulders because. Uh, again, I was a few, you know, the last show our shows I had done before making this WWE return. I'm taking little fun pot shots and talking smack, which is what wrestlers do. I think sometimes the fans attach themselves to those statements and forget that we are in the realm of entertainments. Right. But I added to the, the tribalism uh, myself. So I can't necessarily get mad at it when I see it. I did see a lot of, uh, it was unique to see people burning like my old AEW shirts, which was a trend for a few days there on social. So it felt like you were kind of leaving a sports team. Like I left this city to <laughs> go to this city. Um, that was, I mean, it didn't, it didn't break my heart, but I do remember thinking, I thought it was odd because the place doesn't exist without me. There's other people that needed to be there for it to exist for sure. But I am one of the people that that place exists because of AEW exists partially, partially because of me. So for there to have that strong of a damn, like uh, I heard, I saw only a few times I saw the term sold out and I thought like you have this, 
It's great. Yeah, like for sure. That's something you should be proud of regardless, regardless of under what right. manner it is. You, you as a businessman, as an entertainer are living the dream. You are, you have achieved the goal. You are now, your name is on the marquee. Your name is putting asses in seats. So that's gotta be a, a very, very prideful feeling. It's the most. And especially because, and I know, you know, this Corey, like the generation that preceded us is really hell bent on letting us all know how we're not doing it right. How we don't move <laughs> needles, how we don't. And like, that's why I like Brandon Thurston and some of these guys who provide data, uh, even though like it's, it's good when it's good and it's bad when it's bad, but that's so helpful. That's what I, I've said that in an interview uh, not too long ago. Our generation, we have all the receipts. We're privy to the, we, we see the facts. You will see the views on this discussion we are having right now. You will see the metrics and the data. So for these veteran figures, to consistently say, oh, no, that's not a thing, or no one bought a ticket because of, or whatever. Oh, you want to yell and fight and scream, but then it's like, no, it's all out there, man. It's, uh, we, we're winning. Sorry. Um, and, you know, like, that's why I have no beef with uh, two guys in particular. I have no, no beef with Vince Russo or Jim Cornette. They've said some wild stuff, particularly about Brandy, which doesn't set well when that's your, you know, loved one. But guys, like it's if this is how you make money and you're and 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 part of me is providing that for you because you're critiquing what I'm doing to a degree. I just saw I think Cornette has an omnibus on me, like a 10 hour. It's something absurd with all his opinions on me and stuff. Hey, bud, I'm not mad at you. Good. Good for you. I was a fan of your work in the, the 80s. One of the hottest tag teams of all time, an incredible manager, a lot of knowledge on the industry. Well, sir, I have a lot of it as well. And uh, again, all the data is right there. But uh, if you don't see it, that's OK. I have n that. None of them. I got into the weeds once I poor Disco Inferno. I neutered him publicly online one time. <laughs> just cut the guy's balls right off. I don't know if he's even if he's still in his hole, but, uh, I felt bad. What was the point of that? I what was the point. Those guys, they had their run. That's great. It was awesome. This is our run now. Just chill. Just enjoy it. Take your kids to the show. You know, whenever I see someone who has one of those like really strong, deep rooted hatreds of certain, I go out of my way to try and make their experience great. Like there's no real feud here. We're all talking about the same thing. We love, we love, it's a ring. It's got four sides. We're going to try and make the crowd go up, go down. It's no different than what you guys were doing. Chill, chill, just, just chill, you know? Sorry, I'm going on a total rant here. No, no it's okay. Hey, I'm, no I'm going to keep the rant going, man. We're, we're pulling the keep string. Putting quarters you go. The ride, <laughs> keep putting quarters <laughs> so, in the ride, Grace. Keep putting quarters in the ride. I want to want to bring up, you and I were texting before the show this morning uh, for business purposes regarding commentary. We're just put, kind of putting yes. everybody together. And you ended the message that you sent to the team with here for any and all things we need to turn business upside down. What do you mean by that? What do you mean? Because it's obvious you, you have been the man to affect so much change over the past six years. Now you're back in WWE, but your work's not done. What else is, is Cody Rose looking to change or evolve from a overall business perspective? Well, when I say turn the business upside down, um, I'm very hyperbolic and loud and proud and all that thing. But when I say it, I mean, just continue to grow the business. And part of growing the business is not being confined to what we think it is. Uh, 
it it can't be confined. Okay, this is what it is, and old school, and is it. You have to think outside, right? The term that's a big taboo term on social right now is the casual fan. It's a ta- it's a big it's taboo. It's, it's tab it's it's taboo. The casual fan. It really. I've even gotten mad in the past when that term is used. But whatever the fan is, casual, hardcore fan, a fan of uh, Joshi wrestling, fan of uh, any, it doesn't matter. I want them to watch the damn show and I want them to find somebody that, hey, I like that guy. I like that girl. And I want them to follow that journey. It's become so much about I wrestle here, I wrestle there. That's all, you know, I can't watch that. But I, man, I feel like the best content comes from the best wrestlers. And I do also feel like to fully just put an exclamation point on what I say when I say turn the business upside down. You've got a bunch of guys. Kevin Owens is a good example. Seth Rollins is another incredible uh, example. Drew McIntyre, uh, Roman Reigns. You have you have Becky, you have Bianca, you have Rhea Ripley, you have you, Edge, AJ Styles, all these guys, all these guys at the perfect time in their career. And I didn't name near enough, but this is the perfect time because everyone is in that sweet spot. Everyone has started to figure out how to do this without micromanagement, without the fear of getting in trouble, without just go play your music. Corey's going to add the lyrics to it. And let's just give them the best pro wrestling that can possibly exist. And what excites me is I came back to a stadium show with nearly 80,000 people in it, genuine souls in this building. And now there's, there's Cardiff, there's Nashville, there's Vegas. These are stadiums. The business is so healthy. And I just want it to be as healthy as it possibly can be. I've heard enough stories till I'm blue in the face from, you know, Rock and Steve when they sold out Anaheim and sold, you know, 9,000 shirts for the rock. And then the next night they sold out uh, Staples center only an hour down the road. I feel like our generation is due for that because we've worked for it and we're ready for it. And personalities are connecting for it. I think all the pieces are there. It's taken a while. Um, but that's what I mean. I think we're heading into just bliss. Maybe is the best way to put it, but I think we're heading to a place where, the industry, pro wrestling, sports entertainment, whatever you want to call it, is very, very hot. I completely agree with you. And I agree that all of the pieces are in the right place now. What's the next step? What do the pieces do individually or collectively to make that next leap? To your point, we've got multiple stadium shows scheduled just between now and sure. the end of the summer, yeah. which is unheard of from, from a business perspective. What, from a talent perspective, is the next step. I would say the next step is, is there already. And it's more upon expanding, expanding upon the personal connection that a fan has with their favorite. That personal connection lasts a lifetime. Um, the rock is the prime example. We're uh, people who are fans of his are life fans of his. They see every movie, uh, you know, every, every piece of Under Armour clothing or whatever it may be. I, I see someone, I used Bianca as an example. Becky's another great example. There's tons of, tons of great examples. AJ, there's these connections with the fans expanding upon that connection. Because in my example, like in my case, what I want to do here is real. You, it's entertainment, sure. This is a show, yes, but it's very real. This is a story that started in 1977, and I'm trying to wrap it up before. I don't know, 2026, whatever it may be, it's real. And I think when it's real, 
it connects to more people. And I want them to take the journey with me. That song Kingdom that Downstate plays that we moved heaven and earth to make sure was my music here at WWE as well. It says, I'll, I'll follow you to the end. And, and what it really implies is as a fan following my journey, but also as the person, I need you to follow. The journey is not, it doesn't mean near as much if, if you guys don't follow. And I think expanding upon those personal connections, people who my story might resonate with, people who Seth's story might resonate with. But then you've got guys like Theory who are just chipping away at it, just chipping away uh, all the right pieces and stuff. If you're a money ball baseballer, you're looking at, it's got all the right pieces. I think you guys know what I mean in terms of letting the, letting the young, the young group rise at the same time that all these guys and girls who have been doing it for a minute and know what they're doing are popping off just makes for great business. I think that's the next step. A rising tide raises all ships. I think that's an apropos statement. Listening to you explain your perspective about wanting to come through the screen. As you're saying those words, I'm of course envisioning Dusty putting his hand, reach out, touch my hand. How much of that mentality has consciously or otherwise uh, played into what you're doing today. Yes, now you're wearing you know a three-piece suit generally every time anybody sees you, but the fan interaction, the values that you're espousing right now sound very similar to that which made the American dream American pop culture because people were to connect. Is that something you consciously draw from or is it something that's almost inherent at this point in your life? I think it's something I figured out later in the game was part of what we do. Again, showed right up in WWE, took it for granted. Here's all these people, they're here, but they weren't there to see me. You know, at the time they were there to see John Cena, Randy Orton, you know, and and you take it for granted. You, you believe your own essentially. Um, Dusty was a school, uh, he was from the school of Eddie Graham. And Eddie Graham is a prime example. A lot of those promoters from the territory stage are not unlike Eddie. Uh, Vince Sr., very similar too as well in terms of community. Build your community. Your world champion is going to go talk to the Rotary Club or the Boys and Girls Club. These things that, you know, there's they're different outlets now. And social media is actually very helpful in discovering these outlets. Um, that, that school of thought just came to me later in the day in terms of if you watch Dusty from Florida, he's doing a car commercial. He's at a family barbecue. Uh, he's he's uh, the guest at the Harmonic. Just these unique events. He made himself present in so many different places to make that connection to a fan, but also to let him know, hey, I'm a wrestler. If you have any thoughts about wrestling, look at me. He had a good time, right? We had fun. You laughed. Like, I don't, maybe I don't even look like what you thought. Try it out. Try it out. The oldest rules in the book, which is funny because I, I started by saying all oh, the old rules are out of the book. But the, the oldest rule in the book is, is just that word of mouth general ability to promote and, and bring people in uh, to what we do and then hope that they bring people in. And Dusty and Eddie, uh, Paul Bosch, I mean, freaking Fritz von Eric, they were all of that thought process of let's get these good guys, these baby faces out in the community. Uh, let's, let's connect them with people and let's see if we can bring people from, let's see if we can find the casual fan, you know, whatever it may be. Um, I think that's a big thing that Dusty did that he did genuinely. And that's what makes Dusty Dusty. He's genuine. And uh, he meant it. It wasn't just about selling tickets. And that's a big thing for fans. That's a hurdle for fans to get over too. I know a lot of fans think of me and think like, Oh, that guy's a fraud. And the best you can do is just keep doing it. 
until they realized, hey, we're not feeding homeless people uh, cheeseburgers on an Instagram post. This is sincere outreach. This is sincere. Uh, genuinely, I, 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 I care because you've cared about me, if that makes any sense. Since you've been back, it's been six years. Obviously, there's a changeover from fans. Uh, there's a changeover of talent since you were last here. The one constant definitely is still the, the, the imprint that the American dream made on so many superstars from myself to Seth Rollins, to Roman Reigns, all these guys you've named. Is it something you could feel when you came back? Does it, does it feel familiar or are there aspects that you recognize? Oh, Hey, that, that was the dream dream did that. Or I, I grew up knowing that because of, of dream. Is that something you can feel these days? I think there's a group of you guys who are there on the ground, you and, and Becky, uh, Bailey, Seth, Kevin, you know, a few others who were truly kind of within for a brief time, the realm of Dusty uh, and the promo classes, the performance center, the all the the la- the winner of his life and career, that last bit of him was given to uh, you guys. And for a very long time, jealous is probably the best word, but it was it wasn't just jealous as much as it was. Yeah, maybe it was just jealous. Uh, who, who knows? But it was difficult. When those initial takeovers started, I lived in Winter Park, Florida. I, I remember specifically the Sami Zayn Cesaro takeover that was at the um, at, at Full Sail. At Full Sail, right. And I remember telling Brandy, I said, today is going to be a really bad day for me. Today, uh, the this hot, super hot thing is happening right down the street. And here I am of the same age but not clicking on this level. The super hot thing is happening. And my dad is one of the people spearheading it and I'm nowhere near it. And I needed, I I remember that day I was like, well, let's put it out of our minds. That's not, you know, and instead I actually sat down and watched it because I wanted to feel it. I wanted like, yeah, it is this good. And they have something special going on there. Um, But after that, it took me a long time to move past from jealousy to a place of it's okay. Uh, you know, like they're everyone is a better performer because they got that experience. And the reason it was jealous is not just because he was my dad. It's because I didn't get it. Dusty separated himself from me. He, uh, which is what he thought was the right thing to do. And I totally get it. He told Arn Anderson to look after me. He left the writing team. He went to Florida. He started up with you guys having a blast. And I didn't get, I talked to him every day, but we never really got into how do I do this? Hey, how do, how do I do this? We never really got into it. Like, and he was so close to the, close to me as his son. And we had a close relationship as father and son. I don't think we would have been able to have a real functional, well, here's what I did. And this, you got to do it this way. Cause as a kid, you're like, nah, it's, you're not going to listen to your parents. Um, so it was unique in that I didn't get it. And I was just mad that you guys did. I remember he talked about this vignette with you one time. I, I'm sure y'all never did it because it was so ambitious. He was talking about this car and driving it all over. It was going to go through uh, like the, the classic areas of Hollywood. And just, I think he was going to go past the Viper Room. All this just... Oh yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm grinning from ear to ear right now because yeah. I, I know you had the conversation because I'm you're hitting all the tenets. He used to tell me, I'm going to make you my James Dean, baby. <laughs> yeah. So, and I, and I remember I, when those conversations would come up, I would always tell him honestly, like, yeah, that sounds great. That's really cool. I don't think he realized to me, like, Oh, Hey, I, I'd like a vignette dad. Yeah. I'd like, can you make one for me? You know, but yeah, that, that ship had sailed. And, uh, it was okay that it had sailed. I got great trainers on my own and stuff, but it, 
I come back now and I see that effect it has, uh, I feel connected to you guys. For that's what that look between you and I was. Right. right. I feel connected to you guys more than I ever was. Uh, I wasn't at the performance center at full sale, but I, I feel that a lot of these little, he wasn't a functional teacher where he, Hey, here's your curriculum. It was things he would say from time to time that would just be, Oh my gosh, now I get it. And I I'm glad I get to share that with you guys. Oh, no doubt about it. I, I felt it at WrestleMania. There's, there's actually a photo. Somebody tagged me and it was a photo of me. I believe it might've been the moment you were thinking of, but you are maybe right when you came to the ring, you were on the ropes kind of standing above the commentary yeah. table and you were looking out and I was looking up and of course Twitter get somebody that looks at you the way Graves looks at Cody. It was just, it was just that moment. Oh, it was kind yeah, of, yeah. it was surreal. That was the word I used at WrestleMania because again, you and I, we, we, I don't want to say we've completely fallen out of touch, but we don't chat like we did when you were around the first time. And, and I would yeah. check in with you every once in a blue moon, make sure you, you know, everyone's happy and healthy. And, but to have that be there and, and, like, like I said, it all comes back to how easy that story was for me to tell because it was real life. It was your journey. It was the culmination of a chapter of your life, of your career. Rollins at this point with all of the background with yourself and, and Dusty, it just felt like a perfect storm. And I honest to God, man, I'm not blowing smoke. I will remember that moment, that match for the rest of my career because that was just such a, I'm having trouble even finding the right words. It was just the, Everything led up to that point, and it was sort of like the the culmination of of three different careers or three different journeys all meeting at one point in Dallas, Texas. That was truly, truly special. I think that one thing just to add is that it will, one thing you offer, and I I'd be remiss if I didn't point out. I really look forward to you calling the journey and calling the story, and that you the team that you have. And I also look forward to the times that Michael Cole does. Yes. Because Michael has, you have a connection to Dusty in a way that's very unique and special. And Michael has a connection to me specifically because as Dusty was helping all you guys out, Michael Cole, this is pre-BTE, Michael Cole was helping me with the JBL and Cole show and just finding myself and he was a great uh boss to to brandy and was very much linked to me so i was telling him i was like it was so cool you know Corey has that connection to the dream and to me and then michael has you know a connection to me and then to the dream in a way so it will make for very fun moments when 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 it happens this episode is brought to you by hotels.com I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. 
on May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Just a reminder, we're back with a brand new episode next week, and you are not going to want to miss it. Big news is coming to After the Bell. Trust us. You do not want to miss this. Should I say it again? Eh, maybe later. For now, let's head to the Street Profits, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins, two of our absolute favorite guests on ATB every time they join, including May 6th of this past year, where we learned about Montez's big purchase for his beloved wife, the joy of sharing their success with their loved ones, and even Angelo Dawkins' dream of turning his living room into a Buffalo Wild Wings. Take a listen. I'm going to brag about my grill, my new grill that, that you just brought up. Uh, it's, it's amazing. I can control the whole thing with my phone. Land. No. Set the temperature. Wait, There's an the app. Yeah. It's, it's, a wood, it's a wood pellet grill that you can control with your phone, and you can set the heat. You can you can bake on it. You can oh, do God. everything on it, and it's got big giant like bull horns as the handle to open the grill itself. It's very what? very. It's it's hyper masculine. I'm obviously trying to compensate for something. It is way too big. It is wildly unnecessary. It can cook way more food than I could ever consume. So I'm sorry, Tez, if it, if it stirred a little feeling inside you, but you also recently became the owner of something quite nice yourself. Whoa, that whoa, being, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're talking <laughs> to him. I don't know, or, I don't know what this is about. Yeah. We're talking about, we're yeah. talking about, no, we're talking about Graves. You just got, no, no, no. no we heard enough about the grill. I got it. I got it. No, 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 no. We already know got, about look, the grill. He just got married and he treated himself to. No, nah, we we've had a month of that crap on this show. I want to hear what the hell happened with Tez. Let me just tell you this about my grill. You cannot drive my grill on a lake in the middle of Florida. Ooh. Tez, what'd you buy? I can't be any more subtle than this. It, 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 this is no secret. I found yeah. out the same way the rest of the world did on social media. Yeah. My man scoring all the all the husband points with, yeah. a, with a magnificent birthday gift to his deserving bride. I'm trying to let you talk about this, Tez. I'm trying to let you put yourself over a little bit, man. Either you talk move. about it or I'm we envious. talk about it. Tez, let uh, it out. What happened? You know, at this point in time, uh, if you would like to leave a message. Uh, <laughs> nah, bro. Tell nah, me about the damn bro. boat. The you boat, a boat. The boat. He yeah. bought a boat. <laughs> he so, bought uh, a boat. I mean, yeah. So, uh, yeah, for her birthday, I uh, I purchased her a boat. Well, Tez, you just really made me out to be an <laughs> for birthdays. I got a thing of flowers. You're buying a boat. This man put every on a boat, a hot seat. God bless, man. You buy a boat and now you don't want to talk about it. You set the bar a little too high for the rest God of us, Tez. Dang, you're already a ridiculous athlete. You could do stuff most mortal men cannot do, and then you have to just beat us in that world as well. It's not fair. I'm gonna ask you to stop winning for one second. Why'd you buy a boat? I, I got it. There's Look a, at him, man. You just put them both on the hot seat. This, this week on, on After man. the Bell, Vic, Angelo Dawkins, and Graves bully Montez Ford yes. for being a great husband. <laughs> so, you know how 
you know how like they ask questions or, you know, they say, you know, like, oh, I, I would like to get this. It's like, oh, OK. And you just, you know, you try to make way to, you know, get it for them. You know, it was, it was, it was a process, man. It, it took a while, man. It was a process, actually. So, like, to be real, like she uh, we when I first when we first met, like uh, in that first year, we went to like see her family in Knoxville. Took me to see her family in Knoxville and everything. And like her dad actually has a boat and uh, took us against the, uh, it's like, it's a river that runs right by the university and everything. She was like, oh yeah, you know, it's a nice boat, you know? And like your parents, she was talking about how her parents like work like to get that boat and it was something they just wanted. And she said, you know, it'd be nice to have a boat, you know? But that was like maybe six years ago. Okay. Like every birthday, I was like, all right, it's just going to be the year. It's going to be the year. It's going to be the year. So I just planned it and safely purchased a boat. But that don't mean, you know, I'm out here fly dollaring. You know, it just let y'all know. And that's crazy, dog. That ain't the story you hey, told hey. me. Oh, well, Angelo, what's the story he told you? Man, he said he just walked up in there and just said, what? He just, I want that one, dog, dude. He said, you just I dropped a one, stack dog. of cash to buy a boat. <laughs> Feel free to dispute this, Tess. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm the dog. He backed up the Brinks truck <laughs> and bought a boat. <laughs> that was the only way I can get it there. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah, man. I just. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not. See, now y'all making me feel like I'm trying to brag, man. No, you're not. I'm put. I, I'm. I'm putting respect on your name. It was a hell of a gesture. Hey, I, this man. Is, I'm on the spotlight now. This man. is like, coming from a place of. Envy. There, there are there are people around the world going, man. I wish my better half, my other half, would purchase me something of that magnitude. So here's the thing, like, it's, I mean, it's just something she wanted, and uh, and it, like, like, I feel like, like, if she, if something she wanted, like, uh, I'm gonna make and try to do my best to make sure I can get it for her, you know. So, uh, but yeah, man, that that was pretty much the whole thing behind it. Talk to me. Talk to me about about that feeling uh, on a human level of having both of you guys taken the journeys that you have. Obviously, everyone's journey in this business is a little different, but you guys have made it to a point such that you can afford yourself these these nice things in, in life. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm saying that from a good thing, and this is ultimately it's it's like sort it's the American dream, right? I mean, you 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 work your ass off and you you get to enjoy the the fruits of your labor. Right. At this point in your careers, how, how is that something you take note of where you go, man, I would have never five years ago, six years ago, when Dawkins showed up in basketball shorts to photo day, probably wasn't thinking, man, I'm, I'm going to be able to, you know, buy a boat or do this, that, and other thing. Does that register with you guys on a human level? Like how far you've come? Definitely. Yeah, man. That definitely resonates. Cause like, like he was able to buy a boat for uh, Bianca, like me, like I was able to get a house, obviously. I got three TVs in my living room so I can watch a bunch of games at the same time. We're going to put a pin uh, in that. We're coming back to that in a second, dog. Oh, yeah. Uh, but like I've been able, like I've been fortunate and blessed to be able to do some things and because I can, you know what I'm saying, afford to do it because it's been awesome and I it can afford to provide for my family, for my son and for my girlfriend, even like get something cool for my moms and stuff like that. So like it, that resonates. I mean, now trust me, I was on the same path with graves on the whole, like, dang, bro, I walked in with basketball shorts. Like, I didn't think I was going to be this far, but Hey, yo, I'm here. 
<laughs> but again, it goes back to like, like Tez was saying before when we were talking about fatherhood. You make the sacrifices so that you can enjoy and enhance your quality of life for, for yourself right. and for your loved ones. So, I mean, and there's that's like, I know we were, we were teasing you, Tez, about, you know, putting you in the spotlight. No, but, that, no, that's, no. but that's got to be a, a genuinely satisfying feeling to know that it, it wasn't something that you, you, you somehow obtained by other means or was given to you or it, it wasn't easy. You worked your asses off to get what you have. Yeah, yeah, man. And like, and I feel like even when you do, like you said, you get your grill or you make these purchases, like it gives a sense of like, like, I don't know, like a joy, like how much work you actually put in to like make this purchase, to get this boat, to get this grill, you know, to get these TVs, you know, so like, and, and Vic, I seen like, I seen the wardrobe, bro. So I know like you work hard and then you get the wardrobe. So it gets like that sense of like, you know, joy and up, uh, you know, like, dang, man, like, I know what I put in to like, to like get this. So like now I'm going to enjoy it. So, but yeah, like, uh, I'm just glad to, like Doc said, I'm able to like, if my, the kids want something, you know, specifically for like birthdays or whatever it is, like, it's not like too much of an issue to make sure like, you know, they get it. And like, I'm glad that's like a sense, like I have for them. I'm able to provide for them, like, like whatever they need, like they can, they can get it, depending on when Amazon drop it off. You know, <laughs> exactly. that's the only that's the only problem. That's the only hold up right now. <laughs> do, you, do you guys ever catch yourself having to, to say, "Wait a minute, I'm spoiling my kid"? Is it's like inherent oh, in man. I think all of us. I know my my big thing. The first thing I ever noticed when I had my my first son was I growing up. I got one pair of sneakers a year. I would get them before school, and they had to last me until the next school year. And that was when I got new sneakers. So. That was how I, I said, oh, my kids ever want sneakers. They've always got fresh, fresh kicks on their feet. Cause that was one thing I never had. And I'm like, oh, well, I want, I, I, I do this. I work my ass off to give them a better life than what I had. And I didn't have a bad life by any means, you no, know what I mean? No, I, I, yeah. But I, and I catch myself sometimes my son will go, dad, I need new sneakers. I'm like, I just bought you new ones last month. This is getting, <laughs> well, I scuffed them. Well, that's your fault. I'm not buying yeah. you new ones. Cause you were, you were negligent. You know what I mean? But you guys ever catch yourself doing that? Like, ah, they probably don't need it, but you, you just want to do that. Man. Well, me, I haven't hit that stage yet. Now, for oh, yeah, as a uh, little homie's mom, that's a different story. But me, <laughs> I mean, the whole getting a new pair of kicks, still, bro, I still rock house shoes. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> if I ain't getting myself no new Jays, and I wrestle in LeBron's and Jordan's, so, like, he probably ain't going to be seeing those shoes for a minute until he gets to that <laughs> age where he can, like, all right, he looks like he could take care of his shoes and stuff like that. He understands how precious those shoes are and stuff like that. But yeah, man, he probably gonna be sweatpants and house shoes like me, probably. Yeah, man. But like, yeah, I, I feel like like me and uh, Bianca was talking about this like uh, like a couple weeks ago because like we're in Florida, so like they got Disney World, Sea World, Universal. Gosh, uh, Amazon drop off packages here like what overnight? Sometimes in the next five couple hours you order early enough so like we always like find ourselves going like dang man we just took them to universal and disney world like this is stuff that families like you know sometimes plan like years lifetime sometimes yeah 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 like dang like let's just slow up on them let's let's just see <laughs> gotta save some stuff yeah, to be excited about stuff. yeah let's right and so we was like okay this year we'll do sea world so every year we like break it up we'll do like uh, we won't do, we haven't done SeaWorld yet because they've been asking about it for years. So we'll 
who's been bouncing between Universal and uh, a couple of parks in Disney. So this year we're going to like do SeaWorld for them. But we have, like you said, we have to pull back because sometimes like it's like, dang, man, like these mother rotten, man. Exactly. <laughs> uh, how, how hard is it for you guys to, to walk that that fine line? Because I don't really talk about my kids often in any WWE setting, but, you know, my son said, Dad, I want a PS5. What did I go do? I went and got him a PS5. Like, hey, you know, my daughter wants something. I go out and get it. But there is a fine line Grave, Graves brought up for you guys. You're on the road now all the time. You don't get to see the kids. So I imagine that when you come home and you want to do something special. Exactly. It's like, I feel like most of the time, both of us too, like we'll like try to overhaul like the stuff to do, like try to go here, 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 or do whatever, or, or you know, just uh, like you said, obviously like whatever they need, you try to get them at that point in time. But like, I feel like when we do get to spend time with them, it's like a overhaul of like, just trying to do activities to like, you know, make up for the time that you're not going to have for the next, you know, couple weeks, couple days. So. Because oh, I want to go back to this three TV thing. What yes. the hell you got? Somehow, somehow that was the most egregious brag. Of all. I'm talking about yeah. buying this high-tech grill. Montez has a boat. Yet for some reason, Docs and the three man. TVs just feels like way too much, Way man. too. That's, that's over the top. How your house, yeah, you want to talk about me? You want to talk about how your house look like Buffalo Wild Wings, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Sir. <laughs> Sir. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, we got that house. This is how Docs greets you when you walk up in his crib. Hey, man. Right there, you watch ESPN. There, maybe NBA Live TV. Right there is ABC. I think the Grammy Zone. So you know you pick your poison, but all of them are sports. Buffalo Wild Wings, bro. <laughs> yes, you got yes. high top tables in there too, Docs. No, 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 no. Oh, you don't. No, you don't have a bar up there on the side. What you come want? on, Docs? No, nah. <laughs> no, come on, Docs. Bro, you know? I don't count that as a bar, man. That's just like is that not a bar? That's you serve kitchen, drinks there, Docs. Do I serve drinks there? Do you serve drinks? I mean, that's that's G14 classified information, sir. Is it a high top, Docs? <laughs> yeah, <I> okay. Mean- <laughs> <laughs> and we was watching the playoffs one year, and we had, like, this little game we was playing. And uh, let's just say uh, right there, that's what Mr. Docs was, you know, serving. <laughs> So, yeah, like Buffalo Wild Wings, man. So, so But yeah. three TVs isn't over necessarily. You don't think that's, like, a little tad... Too much? Not at all. Not at all. Well, see, it all started because I wanted my own game room. Okay. So somehow my girlfriend ended up tricking me into not getting a game room, but putting all the TVs out in the living room. So like my PlayStation's out there, like all my video games and stuff like that. So anytime I want to play my video game, I got to be like out in the open or whatever, not in the back. But I think it was just like, oh, it was just the excuse or if she has company over and I wanted to play my game, I couldn't because we have company over or. Hey, look at it this way. Coming from a man whose significant other puts everything I own in the basement. The fact that you got the actual living room with multiple TVs, that wasn't a trick, man. You won. You should just be grateful, be thankful, say, say thank you to your other half for allowing you to have three TVs <laughs> in the living room. And then occasionally you can't play if you got company. I think you won, Dawkins. I mean, hey, that is very true. I Sometimes I still got to let everybody know who, like, runs the house because they'll be wanting to watch something. I'll, like, want to watch a game or whatever. So I'll have the big TV, and I'll give them, like, one of the smaller TVs on the other side of the wall. So they'll be like, hey, y'all can watch that while I watch this. 
So like there would be like times I'm watching a game or like One Piece or whatever. I'm a big One Piece guy, anime. So I'll watch that while Grace is over there watching the Ultimatum or whatever, some show like that, or 90 Day Fiance. And like I'll post it sometimes I'm like, hey, I gotta let her know who run things around here. Or if my kid wants to watch TV, I'll give him the small one while I'm like playing Madden or something. <laughs> let him watch Coco Melon. And I'll just have my volume all the way down so he can hear. That'll be the only gotta let him know. <laughs> and yes, for your information, Tez, I do have a sign that says welcome to Buffalo Wild Wings on top of those three TVs. Because it's Buffalo Wild Wings. There it is. Tez spoke no lies. Don't forget, we are back live next week with a huge episode and some big news in the land of ATB. I told you a few times, here it is one more. You don't want to miss it. You're going to love what's next for ATB. Season 2 kicking off next week. Thanks for checking out some of my favorite moments from ATB this past year. Make sure you're following the show at AfterTheBellWWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me at WWE Graves, and you can listen for free on Spotify. Just search After The Bell. Smash the follow button so you never miss an episode. And we'll be back next week on an episode you don't want to miss with more wisdom, more vitriol, and more WWE After The Bell. And by the way, I promise you don't want to miss next week.